Welcome to another Agile Uprising podcast. I am your host, Jason Kuzak. I am here with some lovely women here tonight. The title of our episode tonight is going to be uh, Lean in Agile, Enabling Women to Reach Their Potential. And on our panel, we have one of my dearest friends, Padmini Nunamolu. She is an enterprise transformation thought leader. She is a coach. I recently learned you're a TED Talk speaker, Padmini. I've met you at Fannie Mae. You're a former Eliasson coach, so you have been kind of around the block with both leader at an enterprise as well as consulting, and you're one of my favorite people and a dear friend. So welcome to the show. I know you have a story to tell about me that I'm sure people will hold against me and really dig into me for, and I can't wait for them to do that. So we'll get right to that, but welcome to the show. So happy to have you. Thank you so much. And also we have, and this is your first podcast today. Right, Janae McConnell, newest board member uh, to Agile Uprising. You're a scrum master. You're an Agile coach at Imagine X. Uh, you have consulting pedigree. You were a former teacher, which lends itself well to the coaching career. And uh, we love your background. It's so cool. You're friends with Colleen, who is one of our one of our dear friends as well. So welcome to the show. I'm glad this is your first podcast. I couldn't be happier to do it with you. This is going to be great. Awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here with both of you. And actually, I should say, I'm not an ImagineX anymore. I, right now, I'm at Beeline. Give them a little shout out. Yep. There you go. <laughs> There's a plug. I'm glad you corrected me, but welcome to the board. That's welcome okay. to the show. Uh, our show tonight is going to be pretty amazing. Padmini, before we get into the topic, why don't you share a personal story about you and I? How did you and I meet Padmini? That's probably a good story for people. Absolutely. First of all, Jason, thank you so much for having me on the show. And I think Agile Uprising is doing some amazing, meaningful and impactful work. And I recently got an opportunity to listen to the first podcast on Mike Biddle. That was incredible. And I'm very excited to share my thoughts on a topic that is very close to my heart. And where did I meet you first? (laughs) In fact, I think that is a very vivid memory. I believe it was in early 2017, if I'm not wrong. We both worked with the same company and uh, we were part of the enterprise coaching cohort. And one day you had your turn to man the coach's corner, something that we had every week uh, on Thursdays. And uh, you you were expected to address any questions that folks might have on Agile concepts. So I walked in uh, to that corner and my first question to you was, how do you coach your leaders not to compare teams based on story points? Of course, you offered a very impressive response. And I thought to myself, this guy knows his stuff. And I still remember that. <laughs> and there was no looking back. I think um, you know, that, that was just a very interesting uh, meeting. And I think we kept in touch since. So uh, very grateful for that. This is my memory of that time, Padmini. It was more like, Yes, we were part of the enterprise coach cohort. We had volunteered to be the coach's corner during the lunchtime. And really what that meant was you sat in the corner of the lunchroom and stared at people to try to get them to come over and talk to you. And they treated you as if you were a leper and would immediately not make eye contact with you and race by. So it was almost like you were selling something to them, like the solar panel guys at uh, Home Depot. So it was a very uh, disconcerting feeling. Uh, you felt very excluded, at least that's how I felt. And you were one of the fine people that came over and you engaged me in conversation. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like I haven't talked to anyone in three sessions because everyone's afraid to come over to this table. 
but it was great. You, I don't even remember the question you asked me. I'm sure I made half of it up, but I'm glad it, it probably sounded impressive. Uh, but we turned into fast friends from that point forward. It was great. I mean, I, I love working at Fannie. In fact, that, that to me was the greatest group of coaches I'd ever worked with. And there was probably 30 of us. Like it wasn't a small cohort, right? There was a lot of really high talent people that were a part of that. Uh, and you and I were just two of those participants, but it was really awesome to be around that group of people. Very energizing, very inspiring. Felt like that was a transformation done right. So great story. And you did, and we talked about before the show, you have, you went to Africa and you bought me this rock and it's like a hand painted rock with um, really the world on it. And it's just amazing. I keep it at my desk. So that's how much you mean to me, Padmini. I have it right here. Yeah. That's incredible, Jason. In fact, uh, that was brought at uh, right at the equator. Uh, you know, it's, it's an equator line in Kenya. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy you're holding on to that. Yeah, that's so cool. So, all right, enough about us. Let's focus in on you. Let's focus in on Lean and Agile. Uh, what an incredible organization. For the folks that have never heard of this, uh, you can go check it out at leanandagile.org. Go check it out as you're listening, if you can, uh, because it'll probably give you some great context. But Padmini, I think before we get started, let me read your mission statement from your website. Uh, your mission statement says, for women, by women, of women. And it's to raise the value and visibility of women within the lean and agile communities. That, that's such an inspiring mission statement. And I'm curious, you know, share with us, like, what inspired you to want to create a community like that? Absolutely. So, uh, Jason, in 2018, I co-founded this organization with my co-founder, Leila Rao. And uh, this really happened, you know, at one of the training sessions that we both attended out of state. And we were just talking to each other and we realized that there was no forum for women to collaborate on a common platform, right? To learn, to share uh, in a psychologically safe environment. And at that time, and, and even today, I think there are a bunch of meetups, but um, that's not what we were looking for. We wanted to create a space where we can offer to each other and seek from each other in a psychologically safe space. And as we all know, women in workforce, especially in lean and agile spaces, are not anywhere close to what we want to see, right? In terms of numbers, in terms of engagement, participation, et cetera. And, and I myself was often one of the few or the only women on the team or on the decision-making table. So and another driving force really was we are increasingly becoming a global enterprise, right? You know, global organizations with diverse groups working together. And often we forget that women coming from different cultures do not claim their seats the same way as, say, some of the first world countries, right? And I was raised and educated in India. And it's a very patriarchal and a very conventional society and uh, ecosystem. And asking for what we deserve and claiming what we are entitled to is seen as aggressive, particularly in, in women. So coming from such a cultural backdrop, I have the highest appreciation you know, for what it really takes to be really out there asking and really seeking what we deserve. So the attempt really with Lean and Agile is to have women in Agile and Lean spaces to share their own stories, challenges, and potentially learn how to claim the seat that they deserve. And it took several years for me to transition from a fixed mindset to growth mindset as I migrated to this country. 
Lean and Agile is, is designed to make the transition easier. So that's the inspiration that we just don't want to be you know, participants in a meetup, but why don't we really have a platform where we can really exchange what we know and offer and seek and also understand the cultural diversity and how we all can help each other, right? You know, and, and bridge the gap um, that we currently have. So that's the vision and, and that's what this is founded on. It's, it's such an inspiring story. And I, I know for me, I know I take for granted sometimes like the different backgrounds of people. Like you just see them sometimes as workers or as people that you have to get along with or people you're trying to solve a problem with, but you don't really see them as people. And I know within the last two years, I've spent a lot of time thinking through, and we've, we've done this at, at my workplace where we get very vulnerable and we, we share something about ourselves. Like it's either pictures of family or what inspires us what motivates us? What are our hobbies? Things like that. So you get to know who people are as people. And, and that to me, I feel like is uh, one of the things that uh, I respect most about your organization is that, you, you know, you're going after and helping anybody to try to learn how to express themselves in, in these safe spaces. And you have on your LIA list, which we'll go through in a little bit, just women of all different types, right? From different countries, from different backgrounds. I think it's so impressive. And Janae, it leads me to a question for you, like having your background coming from, you know, being a teacher, getting into the agile space, you know, how, how are you wired that way? Like, do you feel like you see uh, people as people given your background as a teacher and having to work with kids? Or do you feel like you were more like me where you're kind of going in maybe a bit transactional or it was like, hey, I have this goal and I'm trying to achieve it because uh, I know I've grown in that space, but I'm sure I could grow more. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. Yeah, having a background as a teacher, especially a teacher of young children, I definitely come to this pretty naturally, seeing people as people and wanting to engage with them in that way. I, I try and begin every every retro with something along those lines that kind of brings people to this space in that way. And it's because it's important for me. I mean, I know that not everybody is super comfortable with showing up that way and sharing that kind of vulnerability. But I do think that like, even if you can find small, comfortable ways to kind of ease into it, it's super helpful. I think that that's something that really rounds out what we do, right? I mean, of course it can be transactional and you can treat everything that way. And sometimes you have to. And so for me, that's the hard thing, right? Like to kind of staunch some of the softer things when you kind of just need to like get stuff done. But yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely something that comes naturally to me for sure. I, lo I love that perspective. Pat Meany, I think like when I was going through your site, one, one of the quotes that really stood out to me like, so much, in fact, that I wrote it down and I, I keep it at my, at my desk now. And the quote is, I raise up my voice, not so I can shout, but so that those without a voice can be heard. Right. And, and I, I know that from, this is just my perspective, but growing up, um, I was kind of not the popular kid because I stuck up for all the other kids that got picked on a little bit. And I moved around school to school. I think I went to six or seven schools uh, through high school. So I never really had like that, that close group of people uh, to be around. And it's probably one of the reasons why I love the folks in Agile Uprising so much. Uh, but that quote meant so much to me. And, you know, from my, from my perspective, I mean, I'm talking about like school stuff, like you're talking about much bigger things, right, uh, than, than what it means to me. What does that quote mean to you? How do you anchor on that? What are the things that, that, that bring inspiration out as you think about the platform that you are creating uh, for these women? 
Right. Uh, it's a great question, Jason. In fact, I, I think you really held on to, uh, or you pointed out to the trump card of Lean and Agile. And um, this quote is very, very close to my heart, right? And, and I think I mentioned this earlier uh, in the session that coming from a culturally you know, different country and a space, I have so much appreciation for somebody who can stand up for you, right? In, in case your, your voice is not heard. And, and this quote is about representing your cohort, right? It's, it's about advocating what is right. It is about putting what matters on the table, the need of the hour. And inspiration actually, you know, that inspiration led us to create a pillar under Lean and Agile House. We call it House of Lean and Agile, uh, which is called Women Inclusion Pledge. Right. And this is for all those women who really can speak up for themselves, who can advocate for themselves. Um, this quote exactly says that we go out and we shout not because we want to be loud, but we want to represent the underrepresented part of the community. And the Women Inclusion Pledge is about reaching to the organizations or conference organizers and any community engagement really in the lean and agile space uh, to intentionally create space for women. Right, and um, what that does is it amplifies impact, especially in cases where women can't advocate for themselves. And in one case, I remember I was having a conversation with the conference organizer, and um, that person said, um, in fact, the conference happened to have 90% men as speakers, as panelists, etc. And my question was, why? Why is this not gender balanced? And he said, we did reserve spaces for women to come in and, and speak, but we had no takers. There were no women. And that shocked me, right? With such huge talent pool of women out there, it's a shame that we couldn't make a speaker list gender balanced. So the seed for Women Inclusion Pledge started right there, right? We, we needed to be intentional about inclusion You'll be pleasantly surprised when you carve out a space, a dedicated space for women in any organization, in, in any community event, you'll see incredible speaker lineup, right? Because the women sometimes might need that safe space, that space that's carved out right in front of them to say that, you know, I'm there, recruit me. In fact, in this context, I'd like to give a huge shout out to uh, this organization called Access Agile. It's now called Access Agile. It was Agile 20 Reflect Festival, which happened in February of 2021. And what an amazing job they have done. Uh, and in fact, I made a very cold call to the organizer one day and said, I'd like to speak with you. You know, you're about to kind of launch a huge global festival and I have a message, I have something to share. And uh, Scott Seabright, who, who was, you know, actually propelling that festival and had this candid conversation. I said, we'd really like for you to have that intentional space for women. 800 art events across the world. Plenty of opportunity for women speakers and panelists and organizers and volunteers to be present. And, and he loved it. And he was already doing it anyway. But, but he said, yeah, you know, that's the spirit of the festival. We'll make it happen. Just bring it on, right? That's the pledge we need from not just one person, not just an organization, but from across. I think those little drops really contribute to the ocean. So, yeah, I mean, that, that quote is on my desk as well. And it means a lot to me. 
That's such a cool story. I was thinking through like how creative could we get with getting the participants to vote on the speaker list, right? Based on topics, things like that, instead of having like a board of people go pick those things, allow the participants or the group of people that might be attending those conferences to help pick that stuff like that. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a fun way to get people to be encouraged by their friends to go and try something different because, you know, they, they won't get that immediate rejection or at least get a couple people that are voting for them. Uh, Cause I'm sure that that plays into the confidence, right. Of, Hey, I'm probably not good enough to do this. I'm going to put all this work into a submission. I'm going to send it over and then someone's going to look at it and they're going to reject me. And I'm going to have to read that rejection note. And why do I want to put myself through that? Right. As opposed to being inspired by it and looking at it as a challenge, if you don't get picked, how you get picked for the next time. That's how I hope that some of these things get viewed at. I'm going to be really excited to cross-platform share all that stuff, Padmini, uh, all these different groups. Uh, I think it's really important for us to do that for each other and get that message out beyond, you know, that, that particular conference, but at all conferences. So thank you, Jason. You bet. Hey, Janae, like, as you listen to that, like, what does it mean to you from a confidence perspective, you, coming into this space a little bit new, but you have this interesting background. Is there something about this? Have you ever been challenged with not being confident in a situation or not feeling like you had a voice uh, to share? Like, does that resonate with you? Or do you see like a whole other aspect to this leverages your background and your experience? Yeah, no. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I don't think anybody that knows me would say that I have been challenged by not feeling like I could use my voice. (laughs) I I use it a lot. The confidence thing is totally different though. I mean, I, I have definitely experienced similar challenges there. Yeah, mostly with confidence. So I, I've never had much of a problem using my voice. I, and I've always been inclined to use the voice that I do have coming from a place of privilege myself, first practicing for myself, advocating for myself, but then also really wanting it and feeling compelled to use that voice for other people, people who need it. For a very long time, it was young children and families it's working as an agilist, which I love. So as far as the community goes, I was, I was thinking, Padmini, when you, when Jason was sharing the um, Malala quote, it, it reminds me of, you know, the thing that's great about this is that I think that women really benefit from and need a community like this, where we are modeling for each other, what it looks like to kind of just like go out there and take your claim, ask for what you want, feel out the edges and figure it out. And we're all kind of like lifting each other up, right? It's, it reminded me of a Maya Angelou quote that's each time a woman stands up for herself without knowing it, possibly without claiming it, she stands up for all women. And I think that's very much what this is about. As far as this community goes, really any community, it means a lot to me to have a sense of that in most of the things that I do in my life, both personal and professional, right? Like I'm doing the play groups and like trying all the things as a, as a parent. And if I'm interested in some sort of other pursuit, I'm going to find the people who do that. That's just how it works for me. For me, it's about being a part of something that's greater than myself. I like that. That gives me a sense of purpose and it keeps me humble. Hopefully <laughs> it's about learning and growing And just opening up to who you are and what you believe in and sharing that with others. I love that. I mean, my background in teaching keeps me firmly rooted in that space and that will never go away. And I'm so thankful for that. And I love that quote from Maya Angelou as well. Thank thank you so much for reminding me of that, Janae, because it's such a beautiful parallel to what Malala said, right? 
it is really uplifting yourself, but in the process uplifting everybody else because you stand an inspiration, right? You stand as an advocate. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I just feel like there's so many moments in my life, especially these days where I look back and say, there's no way that I would be where I am if it weren't for like these, however many women. It's super impactful. I, like I feel it very dearly. Some of the women that you showcased on Lean and Agile, one of the things that I love the most about it is it's not just industry famous people. There's a lot of regular folks that are doing meaningful work that haven't written a book. And sometimes it's hard to get noticed in the space, right? Like if you haven't written a book, you haven't gone on a conference tour, you aren't real involved in social media, sometimes it's hard to get noticed. And I feel like that's one of the, the cooler things about your group, which is it feels very organic. It feels, you know, unbiased is probably the wrong word, but it just feels so inclusive of anybody that wants to contribute something and that uh, you spend equal time on, on each of these people without trying to like load up on the industry famous people just for, for lack of not knowing where else to go. Uh, and I applaud you for that because I think that that's so important. And as we thought about creating uprising, that's one of the things that as part of our vision, we said that this was for the every person. Like we wanted our community to drive a lot of the content that we went after. And we wanted to invite the community in to co-create it with us. Uh, it was not about us trying to make names for ourselves or to write books. It was about us doing something that we were passionate about. And that's what speaks to me when I go to your website. I love the fact that it's not everybody that's famous. And, and I know you have some great stories about some of these people, and I would love to showcase a couple of them. Do you have some favorites? Like, like who are some people that have come through your organization that you've created relationships with that have just inspired you or have, have motivated you to want to continue to do this? Because this is a labor of love, right? You spend a lot of time doing these things and you do it for free. You do it as a volunteer uh, because it's meaningful to you. So how does your community, who are the people that you've connected with? How do they help inspire you? Yeah. So um, in fact, you summed up. <laughs> everything that we do under Lean and Agile. Um, in fact, I'll take your first question there, Jason. You know, you brought up the, um, uh, you know, the fact that for us to recognize or celebrate women in Lean and Agile spaces, you don't have to be famous. You don't have to be an accomplished something, a coach, author, or a speaker, right? We really want to celebrate you for who you are. You're hardworking uh, and, and growth mindset. And in that spirit, in fact, we launched an initiative called Women of the Week uh, since January this year, it's pretty recent. But the intent is to spotlight women who are, um, as I said, not necessarily accomplished or known well in a huge way. Rather, these women are incredibly hardworking and carving their own spaces, getting the trainings they need and participating in community events, meetups, reaching out to see if they can get better opportunities out there. And we call it the WOW Initiative, Women of the Week. And we publish a very short blurb every Friday about them on Leah channel on LinkedIn. Uh, but it matters a lot to these women, right? Uh, which as you said, takes a while for them to be out there, you know, on any platform. What they do in turn is they share it. And, and they post it and they highlight it, often there is at least a small shift in their self-confidence, right? The self-esteem, that needle moves a little bit. And for that, we are very grateful, right? And few women we uh, published recently reached out with tremendous gratitude and happiness and expressed how good they feel about being recognized on this platform for whatever it's worth. 
that's her attempt. And on another front, as you said, it's a very organic process. So it's very community driven. And whenever we have our spirals, which are, you know, the, the get togethers of um, the women across the world, wherever the spirals are, we encourage the women within the spiral to be a speaker in the next spiral. Tell us what you learned or tell us how you've come this far or tell us what's stopping you, right? But speak, you know, just voice out. So that's how we, we kind of take it from the grassroots level, have these women interact with each other and share across. Coming to the women who inspired me, and we have done about 100 interviews right now under the LEA 100 initiative, Lean and Agile 100 initiative. Again, an attempt to celebrate, really acknowledge the journeys that these women had. If you see their journeys, most of them are filled with challenges, right? I mean, none of them had a bit of roses and, and they're who they are right now uh, without the struggles. The highlights were their struggles, but most importantly, not just how they survived, but how they thrived, right? Persistent grit and their self-confidence to kind of rise up. And while I immensely inspired by all of them, and that's the first reason why we interviewed them, I think few of them stand out. And it's very hard for me to pick any names, honestly. But if I, if I really look at the list and I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I want to be her when I grow up, that would be Sally Ilara from Agile uh, Transformation Company. And I've known her for about five years now. And I've had many conversations with her. And, and what really inspires me in her is her humility and just how crazy intelligent she is, how crazily you know, capable she is, but most importantly, you know, her humility, right? And, and she can connect with you. The very first conversation you have with her, she just connects with you. And that comes from a place of very genuine concern and care for the other person. She doesn't fake it. You, you can kind of know it right up front. And um, just, just an immense inspiration. And the other woman is, uh, you know, Grace Johnson, who, is, who was at the forefront of Agile 20 Reflect Festival. She came into it pretty new. You know, she ended up coordinating 85 ambassadors from 145 countries. I have no clue how she did it. Being in Africa, coordinating across the time zones, and she has young kids of her own. But again, she leads with humility, with a lot of love, genuine care for people. And I think uh, I'm immensely attracted to that quality in a person, that genuine concern and care for others. And then she just aced it. And she does so with, with such a sweet smile all the time. She, she really took the festival to the next level. So uh, I think these two women really stand out for me, uh, my personal heroes, I guess. It's been a very enriching journey for me personally, interviewing all of them. I think I've grown an inch in the past couple of years interviewing all these people because uh, we, we hear so much about empowerment, Jason, but I think we need to shift that, that paradigm because we really don't need to empower women. They're already empowered. All that we need to do is to get out of their way right? Uh, you know, just the ecosystem be enabling so they can really go and do what they can because they have all the elements that, that uh, they need. So that's the spirit uh, really. It, it doesn't have to be an organization with fancy quotes and activism in place to make this happen. It could be as simple as creating spaces wherever we all are. 
uh, in the workplace, in a conversation or uh, in the community, in large settings, small settings, just look around and acknowledge the presence of these women and enable all voices to be heard. And it always starts in that small meeting room, which is often uh, reflected in boardrooms. So, you know, I would say let's start in our casual conversations. I think that will go a long way. That's a, it's a great message. Uh, I was fortunate enough to see Condoleezza Rice uh, speak, and she, she tells a similar story of how the president uh, brought her into a meeting and immediately deferred to her as she is the one that's in charge of this uh, future relationship and engagement. And she said that, I don't think she says it was the first time that's happened, but for her, it was so impactful because it brought her to the table as a leader. And that's what I took from, from that talk. It was an amazing talk. I mean, I, I wish I uh, had the recording. I, you know, I, would, I would certainly share it. But what I pulled from that is if I have a senior seat at the table anywhere, I am looking to actively do that for my peers, my colleagues, such that it is not a table that's driven by aggression or a table that's driven by who is the smartest person in the room or who has the, the loudest opinion. Uh, it is about bringing other voices to the table. And so I, I really make a habit out of doing that. And I think that's a great message to, like, if you're a listener and you're wondering how can you have an impact beyond like checking out. Uh, the website that Pedmini is is running or listening to her shows, it's invite one of your women colleagues to the table and give them a voice if they are not confident to create one for themselves. So it's, it's such a great message. One of the things that strikes me, Pedmini, is how hard was this to do during COVID? Was it easier? Was it harder? Right? Because you figure people are in social isolation and maybe they don't even want to talk to other people, but in the same breath, like maybe they needed that outlet to talk to other people because they're always by themselves or with their families and they just needed to get away. That given the, the breadth of all the folks that you've spoken to and all the different countries that they represent, was COVID a blessing for you to get out there uh, where more people were willing to have that conversation? Did it make it harder just because it was that much more complicated to get schedules to align? What was your experience last year? No, I, I think COVID certainly gave us a little bit more time than pre-pandemic where we were running around, right? Um, the commute times were cut down and the other chores outside the houses got cut down. Uh, so the scheduling part of it and making time part of it got easier. But the later part of your question for the people who were engaged in, in this initiative, I think it really helped them uh, as an outlet because it's 24 by seven being blurred across your professional and personal spaces and constantly having to juggle homeschooling the kids and cooking two, three, four meals, depending on <laughs> who eats what and managing your eight to 10 hour workday can be very daunting for women. And I, I know in the past one year, women have been looking forward to spirals. And we have moms with younger kids as young as a month bringing them to the spirals and, you know, feeding them, breastfeeding them while having, you know, the conversations because that's their outlet. They're, they're able to kind of relate and have the conversations in a psychologically safe space. So it's, it's very gratifying and humbling to see these women really coming and looking for ways to engage and having that outlet of expression. So it certainly is a shift it's, it's definitely easier to kind of make the time now than ever. You, you said the word spiral a couple of times. I think for, for the folks 
might not know what that means. Can you just explain, like, what, what is a spiral to you and, and what do you do there? Right. I, I should actually mention that before I use that word. <laughs> um, but spirals differ from the regular meetups in the sense that we do have folks who come in and present on a particular topic or, you know, we have panel discussions on meaningful topics but it's also about the women coming together to really explicitly state what they're offering to the group and also to explicitly seek what they want from the group. So we have a very simple tool. Uh, it's a Trello board, but what it does is it takes all the cards from the women who are offering. So, you know, you could say, I'm offering 15 minutes of my time in a month to I don't know, uh, train you all on building good resumes. You know, I'm offering 30 minutes to review your conference submission paper. It could be anything from the, you know, subjects to whatever. And at the same time, you could put a card on the Trello board with a seek. Uh, I'm being interviewed on Monday. Can anybody please do a mock interview, you know, spending 30 minutes? Or, you know, I'm, I'm shifting my framework from Scrum to Kanban. Can somebody give me a one-hour, you uh, know, overview? So the tool is right there. It's an information radiator. You could do the matching, like, you know, match fixing or, you know, uh, pairing up right there. Or you could put your name on the offer card or you could put your name on the seek card. So it organically pairs up people with the offerings and the seekings. And right there is a community and a collective wisdom in action. And this group can meet on a cadence every week, every two weeks, every month, it's completely up to the group. But, but the intent is you start at a place where, you know, everybody's offering, everybody's seeking, but in six months, the same group evolves to be a much, uh, much more effective and a stronger group, really helping each other as needed. So that's, that's the spiral. Uh, we, we wanted to kind of do something beyond just a meetup where, you know, folks are coming in and speaking and leaving, right? This is, this is beyond that. This is beyond just casual networking. This is intentional networking, building those spirals where, uh, you know, every woman has a voice and every woman can, in fact, stand up and say, hey, I want to be speaker. And, and how about I test my speaking abilities? Absolutely. Come on in and do that. We are your testing ground. So those are the spirals and we have some of them really started across the world and uh, we call it catalysts as the leaders who, who can kind of take it and kind of launch it. And it's completely up to them. It's federated. We don't control, we don't own anything. It's, it's run by them. It's, it's run for them and of them. So that's, that's a spiral concept. That's really cool. When I think about our, our community with the Nagel uprising, right, we have a fairly, thriving discord uh, channel where there's you know all kinds of conversations that happen would you want to source or bring visibility to maybe some of the people that you know you're highlighting or how could other people potentially help and engage like would you like to have like a channel in our discord area like would that be helpful for you it would be incredible for us Jason it's not just helpful it's incredible right I think the more number of channels we have and uh, the diverse sources we have, I think we can kind of spread this more and more. And this is really for the community, right? Uh, so the more number of sources and resources we, we bring in, I think it reaches so many people. So thank you, first of all, for suggesting that and your willingness to kind of 
uh, you know, offered this platform. Really honored to have that. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it tonight. Like, I wasn't sure if it would be better to drive them to part of your community as opposed to having a section in ours, but I feel like those things can coexist. Uh, I would love to, to help and, and bring some visibility to that. I mean, I, I have some women that I would love to love to celebrate in a minute, but I want to hear Janae's list because I'm sure that Janae has an amazing group of women that have helped to influence her, help motivate her. And I think it would be good to just bring some of those names forward, right? Let's share what some of those folks are to you, Janae, and then, then I'll share two of my favorites. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, like, as you said, I'm a little bit newer to this space. I, I definitely wouldn't be here at all if it weren't for Colleen Johnson. She's just one of my best and one of my favorite in the world, as far as mentors and friends are concerned. But I have a couple other mentors, Katrina Ferguson, Karen Kemmerling, and Rachel Weston Rowell. I've taken a couple different kind of workshops and boot camps with those folks and just always leave like wanting more and feeling so grateful that I landed in their orbit. Definitely worked with some amazing women, Laura Powers, Amy Neff, Kim Antello, she's here in Colorado, Sarah Kairos. I did my agile coaching bootcamp with her. Some of my favorite people are just my current coworkers at Beeline. I feel like not everybody can say that, but <laughs> I can. Marguerite Onetto, Ellen Munson, Natalie Moreno, and Sarah Jennings. These are my, these are my people. And it's, it's just like, I find myself drawn to women who just make me proud to be a woman. And all of those names that I mentioned, they fall in that category for sure. Wow, so cool. I feel like the more that we celebrate those folks and the more that we can talk about like all the amazing things they do as, as women and as people or being agilist or other things like that, like it, it really helps to humanize this entire effort and, and bring forward all these incredible personalities and, and all these folks who help inspire us. I mean, there, there was a day not far removed, probably I'll say six or seven years ago, maybe eight years ago, whereas I was trying to think through like the, the women leaders in Agile that, that I respected, like Lisa Atkins was obviously at the top of my list, but I didn't have a real deep appreciation for all these other women that have made such amazing contributions. And uh, even beyond that, I didn't have a lot of women coworkers in this space. Like I just didn't. And now my current team that I work with now is exclusively women and me, right? Like I am the, the minority. It is just me and it is uh, eight or nine other women and, and they are amazing. And I feel the same way, right? I feel like uh, they, they help. And I was raised by women, uh, my mom and my sister, uh, kind of took care of me. So uh, I'm sure that I have a soft soft spot a, a little bit. Like I, I need to be molded. Uh, I grew up that way. And so I'm sure they appreciate that because they give me a hard time all the time, but just such incredible leaders. I, so much creativity. Like there, there's so much great things to say about uh, that that cohort that I work with. I love the the names that you're able to share with us. In fact, when I, when I think back to uh, Maria Brader is one of my favorite people and <laughs> I met her in an interview. She was interviewing me for a role. Uh, I'm not even sure if I got the role, right? I know I never worked for her, but I, but I don't think, I think the location was just a little too far for me to want to travel in Jersey to take it. Um, but our conversation was so awesome that I started following her on LinkedIn and I saw that she was going to be speaking at Big Apple Scrum Day uh, with Dana and I went to Maria's session and it was amazing. Like she, she had such a cool thing uh, that she was going through yeah. uh, for her talk. 
And, you know, I went up to her, I was like, do you remember me? Like we, we had this interview and she kindly nodded yes, but I'm sure she didn't remember me. Um, but I have stayed in touch with her and I have seen her do such amazing things as a, as a leader and as a like provoking different thought. Uh, so she's one of my favorite people. And I think it goes to show you that you don't necessarily have to have relationships with people, right. In order to establish friendships and learn from them. Uh, because Marie and I weren't friends. She was really just looking to fill a role and, uh, you know, she happened to inspire me. So uh, I'll throw her name out there. And uh, a new Smalley is another one uh, that, that a lot of people know uh, now because of all the coaching efforts that, that she has been through and the, uh, you know, the keynote uh, hostings uh, that she has done for some of the uh, Scrum Alliance events. But I remember Anu before she knew anything about Agile because she one day was just put on my team uh, probably uh, 15 years ago. And so uh, I got to watch a new turn into this amazing, amazing woman. And she had, as a, as a leader in Agile, she had all the tools. Like she was outspoken. She was funny. She was clever. She was creative. And she was able to harness that through this, this industry. And she has done such amazing things too. And if you, if you go talk to a new, she'll remember me because she'll be like, he was the guy that dropped the F-bomb in my first meeting. When we were together and she'll probably be right. Uh, I've grown up since then, but it makes me laugh when I think back at uh, how far a lot of us have come. And I give Anu so much credit for turning this into something for herself. Uh, and I think that she falls in line, Padmini, with your viewpoint of it's not about her. It's about who are the people that she can help enable and how can she help? Right. And I think that that's one of the one of the pieces that, that I really respect and that inspires me. Uh, when I think about these people. So um, such a great session. Yeah. And, and in fact, um, I know Maria and I'm completely in agreement with everything you said about her. In fact, I reached out to her to learn about OKRs. Uh, I think this was probably three years ago. And she's just so kind. Uh, you know, her, her um, approach is, is based on, I think, humility and kindness and she immediately said, absolutely, you know, we'll make it happen. Just so generous with her offerings. So I agree with you. Looking through uh, our list, um, as we were thinking through like what else do we want to talk about in the show. And, and one of the things that, that strikes me, and I know how much time I spend in Agile Uprising, right? Like I spend a ton of time. I've just learned how to master the podcast. Thanks to Andy Clef. Uh, he's been my mentor there. Uh, Hersko is trying to teach me uh, Photoshop, but I'm still terrible at it. Right? But I spend an enormous amount of time uh, in the community, uh, doing stuff behind the scenes, right? Chatting with people, doing our board meetings, like staying in, involved in Slack. And you know, Janae, I know that you're new to our board, um, to our Agile Uprising board, but not new to this space in, in the form of your involvement in the community. If you were to give uh, me advice or Padmini advice about like how do we sustain this energy? Like wh where does it come from? Like wh what should we do? What would you recommend? Oh my goodness. I was thinking about this earlier. Like, I, I do think that luckily for all of us, having an, an agile mindset happens to be key to nurturing a community of any kind. There's so much about like the agile principles and having that mindset that lend themselves perfectly to standing up and supporting and sustaining a healthy community, right? I don't, I, whether you're like weaving baskets or playing the ukulele or you're a bunch of scrum masters or whatever, right? For, for me, I mean, I guess I can really only s talk about like my personal experience and hope that some of that hits. <laughs> um, I'd say that staying close to your purpose 
um, however you can is a big one, right? If it's like sticky notes on your bathroom mirror or words of affirmation or meeting up with like your close group of people every once in a while, just to kind of stay close to like the heart of it all is really important. Cause I think when things start to get big and busy, um, it, it can be easy to kind of lose touch. Right. And, and, and then what do you have if, if that happens? I'd say, you know, knowing who your allies and your champions are within your community and, and even outside of it, just to keep you, keep your head on straight for when you need like an extra boost of motivation or you just need help getting like something across the finish line. Like, Hey, I'm just so tired. I don't feel like mastering this podcast or I don't feel like I can knock out one more video interview. Please remind me of why I'm doing this kind of thing, right? You need those people that kind of reflect back to you. You need the light, not the heat. Because I, I think having a strong shared vision and a commitment to your goals, whatever they may be, is huge, right? I mean, that's almost the entire thing. And I, I think that even just from the little bit that I know about Lean and Agile and what Padmini is doing with this community, it's so impactful. You know, like I said earlier, when, when, when we're seeing other women go out and do the thing, you know, we can say, Man, you know what, then great, I'm going to go out and do the thing. I'm going to just try this. Let's just try it. What's the worst that can happen? Because it, it's really easy to kind of stay stuck in a place of fear and doubt and lack of confidence. But if you have a bunch of other amazing women kind of just saying, let's just go for it and see what happens, then, then you, you can do it too. And with what you're doing with the spiral concept in particular, which, which I love, by the way, and it reminds me of a bunch of other things that are very interesting and we could have a whole other podcast on. <laughs> um, it's you're helping people connect with each other. They feel seen and their experiences are reflected back to them in a variety of ways. And I would hope that as a result of that, they, um, they would feel a sense of belonging. I mean, even just in the few things that I saw and read, especially that one of your most recent blog posts about how to be an ally, I loved that blog post so much. Whoever is listening, please go read that. Like it's funny, it's insightful, it's perfect. You should print it out and have it in your pocket at all times, it's amazing. What this adds up to is just all these women finding their own unique place, not just in the, the, the Lean and Agile or Leah community, but in the greater Agile ecosystem, which is huge. And it's full of amazing people, like you said, who are just basically like treasures waiting to be uncovered. It's so, such a great vehicle for that. So for me, that kind of connection leads to confidence. And that's always a good thing. We can always use more of that. There's nobody ever saying, um, I'm, I'm good enough with the confidence right now. I mean, maybe not nobody and maybe not out loud, but... <laughs> We need the light, not the heat. I love, I love that quote. Like that made me smile ear to ear. I've never heard that before. If you made that up, that's uh, that should be a sticker. I will create it for us and send it out. Uh, such a cool thing. Such a cool thing. Let's do it. We should credit my mother with that. I will just say, I mean, I don't know if she made it up, but that was definitely one of those things where she would be like, "You're bringing a lot of heat right now, and what I need is light." And I'd just be like, "Oh, fine. <laughs> Work on it." <laughs> I mean, I want to offer to you that if you ever need anything, like whether it's uh, you need someone to pick you up, make you laugh uh, as you're going through, obviously like the, the challenges of trying to be a mom, trying to be a, a wife, coworker, running this community, you need anything, I will be there for you. Uh, I would like to be part of that light of your, of your ecosystem in your orbit. You have no idea how much that means to me, Jason. 
Thank you so much. And we absolutely need allies like yourself and like Janae. This is what makes this community a great community. So the fact that you just laid it on the table is, is just incredible. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, and you know I mean it too. We've, we've spent some time together. So I'm going to help get some more visibility to, to your group within our community because I'm not sure a lot of people know what you're trying to do. And I, and I know that there are some really motivated, incredibly intelligent uh, people that would love to help as well. So it, it is certainly not just going to be me. I think you're going to see a lot of folks get involved or at least understand a little bit more about the, the mission that uh, you, are, you are taking on and, and helping to bring to light. So very impressive. Uh, but before we close, are there, do you guys have any upcoming events, Padmini, that you want to share with our community? Uh, I know that we posted one maybe a few days ago, one of the spirals I think you guys were doing, but do you have any big conferences coming up? Do you have any big events coming up that you would like to share with our audience? So um, in in this year, we have no conferences per se, but we are planning to have something called a Leah Learning Day because we have so many offer cards on our Trello board and, and we were like, it's a shame if we are not leveraging the time that is being offered by all these great women. So we're planning to have something called a Leah Learning Day, and it'll be a series of offerings from women across the world. And with this virtual environment, anybody can join anytime. But we'll do something like a follow the sun kind of a day. So we have it in, in various time zones. Of course, all of them will be recorded and available up for you know, later viewing. But it is about learning. So it'll be about topics of, um, you know, subject matter or how do you start your own business? How do you really engage with the customers and how do you get more clients, et cetera. So it'll be an array of topics and uh, that's what we are planning on right now. So sometime summer, late summer, that's ready to be launched. So stay tuned. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. I am so inspired right now just, just listening to these things, like going through your website, talking to you. I mean, the, the way that you lead Padmini is uh, so impactful, so well-spoken. Your background um, with how you've grown up and where you are today, I mean, it is that is a story in and of itself. And you have elected to use this platform to not share who you are as a person, but how you can help others. And that, that is what is so meaningful because it would be so easy to talk about you. Uh, and you've you've not done that. So uh, it's one of the reasons that, that I love working with you. And if, if folks don't know who Padmini is, go connect with her on LinkedIn. Uh, she is just an incredible first-class human, the best, one of my favorite. So, you know, before we say goodbye, is there anything else, Padmini, that, that we can share? It's leanandagile.org, L-E-A-N-I-N-A-G-I-L-E.org, right? And we'll, we'll share that. Is there- That is right. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, I would encourage everybody to kind of, you know, subscribe to the uh, LinkedIn channel, uh, Lean and Agile, because we have all our interviews and anything that we do first comes there. So please um, come in and follow us. But otherwise, yeah, website and, you know, LinkedIn, it's a small world. So just, just come connect. That's good. We'll, we'll do some uh, cross-sharing of some of the stuff you guys have on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, I think in the show notes, too, that's probably a great place. You guys have any social media presence that we should know about? Anything else that you might be doing on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? No, in fact, we are short on hands. <laughs> Everybody are volunteers. So, um, you know, we can only do so much. 
So we have made LinkedIn our primary social media, primary social media channel. And we have been able to kind of sustain that. That's about it for now, but we should be able to expand more into other social media channels soon. Or maybe have interns, because uh, another thing that I probably should have mentioned is we have another pillar called Leah Next Gen. So we are in fact shifting left and bringing, you know, mindset, growth mindset, agile mindset to young women, high school girls who are really interested in interning with us. So you'll see more of Twitter, Instagram in, in future because you have the younger generation coming in to lean agile. So stay tuned. That's good. That's exciting too. I mean, I think I think it's probably a call to action. Anyone that wants to get involved, anyone that wants to help, uh, they, they have a mechanism to do that. You don't have to have experience. You can have all the experience in the world. All we're looking for is motivated, smart people to come in and make a contribution, right? So I think all that stuff is very exciting uh, for you guys. We'll share that too. As we end the show, Jason, Pedmini, Janae, this was fun, right? Janae's his first show. It's my first show hosting in a long time myself. So we're probably the two with the least amount of experience compared to all the interviews Padvini's done. And yeah, Padvini, you got to be on the other side of the table today, which is, which is probably different. So we're all out of our comfort zone tonight. I thought this was great. I, I hope that this brings a ton of visibility to the stuff that, that you guys are doing. Um, I hope it also helps to inspire someone to, to seek a connection, uh, to get involved and to uh, continue to build that confidence. Well, that, that's what we'll hope for. Uh, maybe we could come back a couple months and talk about some of the, the new things you guys have going on, including uh, any other highlights or any other things that might be happening as we wrap up the year. So uh, I'll be using your source as, uh, as a mechanism to help think through uh, who should be next on Shoulders of Giants. And I think, Padmini, I roped you into doing something with me uh, on that series. Yes. So, yes. That, yeah, that'll be our next collaboration point. So for tonight, it's late uh, on the East Coast, so we're going to shut it down. Admini Nudumulu, Janae McConnell, Jason Kuzak signing off, Agile Uprising. Catch you next time. See you later, folks.